Hey everybody, welcome to Random Musings from the Clinical Trials Guru. I really want to thank you for listening. If you feel compelled to do so, make sure you subscribe, uh, leave a review, comment, share, whatever you feel like doing. Help me out trying to grow this podcast, trying to continuously deliver value. A couple of things before we get into the show, check out the links in the show notes to my CRA Academy my CRC Academy, both of them doing very well as far as getting people jobs in the marketplace. Check those out. Also, if you need help getting studies for your site or anything else, or even launching a site, basically any help for your site, we have a low monthly fee consulting service where we have helped many clients become and continue to be successful site owners through our background efforts of business development and support staff text me 949-415-6256 please check out the links in the show notes as well for the book the comprehensive guide to clinical research it's been selling really well getting very well received by the community thank you guys so much for that also check out the youtube member page join this channel to get perks that's my youtube uh, membership it's 10 bucks a month you get a monthly mastermind exclusively it's a zoom call every month with other youtube members uh, you also get weekly videos exclusive to the youtube members on how to use social media to improve your opportunities in life sciences so check that out really means a lot to me and thank you so much again for listening and enjoy the show Guru Nation, welcome back. Thank you guys so much. We, look, we had Carla on so many different times, so many different places. Not only was she on Guru Nation, she was on Latinos in Clinical Research. We got to get you back, right? We have to get you and your husband back because you guys are an amazing team, amazing story. I'm going to actually talk to Monica and Ashley after this about getting you guys on for March or April one of those months to have you on again on Latinos in research, but Carla's a phase. She's a CRO owner. Her story is amazing, right? She went from receptionist at a site to CRO owner to phase one expert. Nobody knows phase one better than this person. In my opinion, I go to her for all my phase one questions. (laughs) And, um, Carla is here to reintroduce herself because there's a lot of new member of Guru Nation post-COVID. And then we're going to talk about some of the audits she's done. And we're going to get into some of the drama and juicy details of what happens at sites that are unprepared or untrained or I don't know. We got to get into that. So Carla, thank you so much for coming on. Hi, Dan. Thank you for having me back. So happy to be with you. Sunny Florida. You're in one of the best places in the country right now. I know, but it, uh, just to make your audience laugh a little bit, it's 54 degrees and I'm literally dying. I'm about to look up <laughs> my hat and yeah, where's your beanie? in the cold. Where's your beanie <laughs> and your earmuffs? <laughs> I know, I know. So. so Carla, how busy has it been? And let's work a little bit backwards to how you got started. But right now, how busy are you? 2022, January 24th, 2022. As far as how busy you've ever been in your life, where does this rank? Oh my God, this is number 10. The number 10? What's number one? 
Uh, oh, number 10, 10 is... <laughs> okay, I got you, I got you. <laughs> okay, so okay. 10 will be the busiest. Gotcha. And this is the busiest we have ever been. Um, we are... I have so many people reaching out to me for CRA services, others for auditing services, other people because they want to initiate clinics and they just need some guidance. Um, other um, thanks to you on your channel. I have a couple of mentees are calling me and asking me questions, what to do next. And I also um, had um, the um, great uh, portion, I guess, of the work, which is going to the sites and meeting people that have actually seen me in the podcast. And they're like, oh, I know you. And I'm like, <laughs> great. <laughs> That's awesome. So yeah. all you future guys, you might you might see Carla. She's coming for you. <laughs> I'm going to use what Casey said. She's coming for you. Oh, Casey's God. on the podcast too, but she's a silent observer. But if I know she's going to have a question or two. So if you hear a disembodied voice, you know, it's Casey. All right, guys, don't freak <laughs> out. Don't freak out. So Carla, how did you just quick three minute, you know, how did you get to where you are from research naive? Yeah. So, um, you know, I don't know how many know the story, but if you hear the first podcast, my, my accent is kind of heavy when I get really excited. So it's really heavy during the whole interview. So um, I, uh, my first job, actually, when I was 18 years old, was in a clinic one facility. So um, it was a really quick and um, learning environment, very fast, which I was able to adapt. And the mindset really switched to, you know, I need to get this done. Um, uh, so I was the receptionist handling the consent to the patients. So they have the time to read and taking an appointments. And then I became the coordinator, data entry person, quality person, and so on into an opportunity jump in my uh, lab where um, um, a um, SMO with a specific needs needed a CRA who was uh, who speaks Spanish because the position was in Latin American sites. So they gave me the opportunity, even though I had no CRA background, uh, but they kind of did a really brief training where I learned everything needed. And I went to all these sites and did, um, was there with them for maybe nine to 10 years. So we developed SOPs. I learned more about the industry, FDA audits, uh, dealing with the sponsors. So um, then I decided, I, and then I had to come back to the kind of the US and um, pay my dues and work for a big CRO, which are learned not much, but I learned a little <laughs> bit more how, how the CRA life really is here in the US. Um, and then I decided, you know what, I'm going to start working um, part-time in my own um, things. And I don't want to work for anyone. I was tired uh, for people telling me you need to do eight visits a month, blah, blah, blah. Um, which at the time was 12 visits a month. So that was a lot. Um, so I did it. I mean, I, I used to have, I'm very I used to have a full-time and then a part-time job as well. Um, the, I think that one of the best advice I can give you everyone right now to anyone that's hearing me, what you're doing right now is the interview for your next job because that's how I got it. Um, I was good with my timelines. They saw really that I care for the project, that I will go the extra step. And the same people that I've been working around are the ones that are calling me up, recommending me to another person. I think People that know about me and know how hard I work are more willing to give you a try, even if you don't have experience. So that's basically how I, I am where I am right now. 
And yes, we're super busy. I was able to um, open up for my family. My husband is a CRA as well. Uh, my sister's a project manager for also for a big CRO. Uh, ah, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I yeah, met yeah. your husband, but I didn't know that about your sister. Yeah, yeah. My sister runs Global International Trials. Wow, so she's next on the she's next on the podcast. <laughs> I told her, but she's like, no, I thought she was shy, and I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she should come next. Um, okay. And my my mom is an expert in patient recruitment. She's the one who gets the patient to come in the clinic because without that, you really don't have anything. Um, and my brother is an expert getting medical records and reading through them and, and piecing out things that the doctors need to really, really look at and depending on the protocol. Don't, all that to say is that uh, don't only think about you. This is an investment on your time, your career, and also you can open doors to everyone that you care for. Everyone in your circle, in your sphere, mm-hmm. family, friends. I can attest to that too, you know, and it's um, because the industry is so big as far as money is concerned. But it's so small as far as the people that are in it. It's like a very close-knit. Even now, with everything's radical transparency in other industries, in research, it's not. Other than this podcast, what do you have? You have nothing radical transparency at all. It's all mysterious. It's all like, oh, you got to look behind the curtain to see Wizard of Oz. (laughs) uh, that's what it is and it, it shouldn't be that way so yeah carla you're gonna get like everybody reach out to carla her linkedin profile is underneath the video in the show notes so post covid because our other interview was well i met your husband right before covid like a month before and then covid and then we did an interview like during the beginning of covid but post covid now we're in a post covid world yes yes right what are you seeing as far as sites audits are there more sites are the sites less prepared are the sites understaffed as ever before what because you're out there seeing sites on an almost daily basis so what what are you seeing from the from the trenches when you go out to monitor to audit okay so remember i'm not just a series in florida i have several several my clients have studies throughout the United States so I can get a really good picture in between all the states, right? So um, what happens, what I've seen or what I've been noticing from before pandemic time is that everyone is trying to start up, not a type of business, but trying to get this benefit of post-COVID, meaning um, there's a lot of multivitamin companies that are coming out with research that they need to be able to say in the commercial, um, clinical trial was done, FDA was done, so on. Multivitamins? Oh, multivitamins, yeah, because as you know, one of the treatment therapies is zinc, zinc vitamin, vitamin C, C, vitamin D, D and zinc, yeah. So what they're trying to do is, uh, I'm sorry, let me turn That's them off. calling you right now. They say, Carla, <laughs> don't say anything else. <laughs> so um what is important was, is that uh so people that don't didn't have industry experience are coming to know this industry which is a change for them that doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong it's just that we are trying to do just like we did with the vaccine we're trying to rush something for people that were not prepared to be in so rush at the moment mm-hmm, right mm-hmm. so several things so um that's with multivitamins, then, you know, 
therapies for COVID, not necessarily a vaccine. We are, um, there are sites that need to have access to those type of patients who didn't have a vaccine before. So now we're looking for persons that are able to sponsor leads and to keep the sites connected. The sites are looking for patient recruiters who can get these type of people um, to the clinic. And again, the type of, of staff that are looking for it's customer service people, right? They know how to treat people, but they don't know research. So it's, it's like we're trying to compile everything and push it out, which sometimes it works, but sometimes it doesn't, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I seen a lot. A lot of sites are opening up um, just because COVID. Um, there are so, I have some site owners that decided to do COVID, but not in their main facility because due to exposure. So they have another location for COVID patients. Mm-hmm. So it's an, an immense amount of money invested uh, just for a temporary time because we're not going to be leaving or doing studies for COVID. So all that know, stuff, oh. all that activity being pushed, you know, to people like you, people like me, there's other people out there and then there's big companies too taking exactly. all of it. But it's, uh, I had a business partner from Texas. He said, you're putting uh, 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Exactly. That's what he said. Is Texas. This is Texas guys for you. So that's kind of what's happened. I have a story. So we did an audit. I'm not going to say when, but uh, relatively recent. The sponsor, I kid you not, Carla, the sponsor did not even know that the site was where the patients were coming. They thought it was from the CRO in another state. <laughs> they had no idea. They sent us there for one thing. Right. There was like a very specific thing they wanted us to look at labs. And when we came back with our full report of like ICF issue, documentation issues, the sponsor, like what? I thought the patient are not at the site. What's going on? No, the all your patients coming from here. So they don't know the sponsor. Yeah. Who do you blame? Sponsor sites? Who do you blame? Uh, the Not a blaming game there, but the sponsor needs to have a better oversight. But there is not enough people to keep that oversight. And unfortunately, our technology has gotten so far that yes, there is systems that can have a thousand uh, sites data, but if the people are not, <laughs> I don't know what to look, it's just information that it's not valuable at that point. So all that to say, yeah, there is much opportunities out. It's just that, again, you need to be able to go in a really fast pace and move forward. Um, you know, one of the other things I've been seeing is a lot of people that are on train trying to take on a challenge that it's very big and it's not impossible. It's just one skill. You need to be teachable. I mean, I hate when I go to a site and I know why I'm telling you something and I have the regulation and explaining you why and, and you keep just going back and telling me no, 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 because it's not for me. At the end of the day, it's for your side and to keep your investment protected. Um, so that just takes one skill, just be teachable. Allow to hear your, you know, people talk to you. It's nothing wrong with hearing. Sometimes we don't want to hear <laughs> ourselves. We just need to hear another people. And um, that's one you of the main things. You ever get tired telling sites the same thing over and over? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I actually. Um, What's the main yeah. thing you tell them? this 
for corrections, always on source of commentation. Like I am very, when I go to a site, I'm not just going to do my CRA job, but I also watching for the um, coordinators and doctors because that, that's how you tell I can care about the people. You know, they're just not a site. This is my site. The better this site looks in my profile, the better it's going to be easier my job and my client is going to be happy. So that's the way you have to look at it. So if I, if I just check my consent, I see there is a signature, but you know, not care about anything else. I'm not doing really the service that I was hired to do. So when I'm doing my monitoring business and I see, you know, yes, it, this is compliant with the study, but it's not really compliant to you or to your doctor, you know, cause it doesn't just make sense. Allow me to help you. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm not telling you go back and change everything. I'm just telling you, what would you do? You figure it out because it's your site. I'm just telling you, this is a problem. This is a potential solution. You find where they connect each other. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So um, just hear out people. I mean, and then the other issue is that we have a lot of CRAs. I don't, I, and I don't want to beat on my CRAs. I love no, them. No, beat on them. <laughs> and sometimes I do understand they come from frustration. Why? Why is a CRA frustrated, guys? And, and if you're a coordinator, you have to deal with a lot of CRAs. But sometimes when you work in big pharmaceuticals, in the big CROs, you feel like you're just an ant and your opinion doesn't matter. And what matters is that ISDB in my screen and that I saw that you had signed and that's it. And it's not true, guys. You are so much valuable. Why? Because you are putting there your time, your efforts. At the end of the day, if you don't go and verify that data, guess what? It's it's not going to matter if they put it in the FDA because it needs to be verified. Not only that, sites get sloppy. <laughs> I know Casey's there like nodding her head right now, everything you're saying, because I know her for 10 yes. years. But yeah, that's she's uh, basically, look, we audited uh, a site, the CR. Guess First thing I did as an auditor, okay? I go through the follow-up letter of the CRA. To see, like, at least I could catch, like, okay, what did they find? Yes. They found very little. So then when we looked through, we found a lot. And we're like, look, this is what you're talking about. CRA is kind of slacking. And if you guys get audited, you're going to look bad as the CRA. Because it comes out in our report. And then their sponsor is going to say, well, why do we have a CRA in the first place? Yes. Yes, that's correct. In a nutshell, that's what it is. But... Again, I don't want to beat on the CRAs because they just feel sometimes they feel that they're unappreciated. I, I recently have a, a friend, which is also a mentee, that it's like it doesn't really matter the quality of the work as long as I do my amount number of visits. And that's not true. That's how the industry is telling you to do it, but that's not how it should be. You, we need quality. At the end of the day, if the FDA goes and it found several issues, that data that is so valuable for our client, yeah, not gonna care. It's not but gonna at matter. the end, I I rather not beat up on the CRAs. What I've I've always beat up on the big CROs on my yeah. podcast. That's basically enemy number one. I people <laughs> get, people hate, but it's true. I talk to biotech CEOs, or right? not just anyone at biotech CEOs. They all say the same thing, right? The bigger pharma, they're not gonna say it because they're they're political. But basically, these CROs. Who, like you said, right, they incentivize things like they on site rather than quality. And then exactly. what happens at the end of the day, sponsor gets audited, 
Sponsor then moves to another CRO. We see this as sites too, in the middle of study, hey, we're changing our CRO. Well, why do you think that that happened? You know? Exactly, exactly. So that's a mindset. I, I'm really putting an effort this year to change that. I, I, I just got tired of it. Um, so maybe we found the answer. We blame the CRO, the big CROs, not the small ones well, like you. And actually, if you think of the positions that they are, uh, well, I don't know how you guys are used to the terms, but you know, there is a CRA, then there's the, the supervisor, the line manager and whatever. DTM. And what is that person really doing? It's, a, it's just, it's a nanny just for to make sure that you, you are on your schedule. Yeah. And in the meantime, I have kids to deal with. I have flights to take. You're not here on my seat doing what I'm doing. How can you beat them on my report being late? So um, there are some things that need to be changed. And we, you know, if, if I need help, why don't you, I don't know, help me out with being on a call with me to help me write my report. That would be more valuable for the time. But how do you think this is going to change? Because what I'm seeing is CROs just continuing to consolidate. And when I talk to these biotech, these CEO from bio, small biotechs, they say, look, we have no choice. We have no capability to monitor. So we have to use these big CRO. There's only like five of them. So or they use very gonna... small ones. <laughs> exactly. That's the that's a goal here. We so are... give them your pitch. What what makes you different, Carla? Let's go. This is a uh, alley for a slam dunk. <laughs> So, um, and it's not only for me, guys. If, if you have a CRA that it's strong and, and there's several that you have in this uh, and that they want to become CRAs, it's not about um, just getting your business done. It's about your dedication. So I care for what my client cares. That's my goal. And at the end of the day, if they're, I want pa- their drug to pass, my sites need to be shaped exactly how I need them to be. So that's my goal. I, I just care about what they care. Make them your priority, not your line manager, not the one who is reviewing your report. I mean, I have, I have a clients that they don't care more. They couldn't care less about the report. They were just checking a line when it comes to the, the guidelines. But they, believe me, they care more about me calling them and telling them, you, I don't see any fraud. I see the patients there. I see them. They're taking the drug. No one died. That's why they care more. Because at the end of the day, these drugs are going to go to people. We're just we're just checking a guideline when we send that report. Yeah. And that's just a milestone for a big CRO to get a payment. And I'm sorry, I don't I don't want to get in the backside of the CROs because I'm not going to get if I don't get any jobs. <laughs> I will have to go back. <laughs> we always get on their bad side. Don't worry, their people leave anyways every two years. So. so Guys, don't be afraid. It does take work, but dedicate yourself to to look out for you and for the little guys. The the coordinators are investing their life in a site. The the site management, as as you see, Casey, how many hours and dedication uh, for for a a monitor that maybe doesn't care? It's not worth it. It's not worth your time. It's not worth your effort. So that's why we need to change this mentality. So let's get to some juicy stuff. (laughs) So you go to sites all the time. Have you done any, have you monitored any COVID vaccine studies that you can talk, talk about? Yeah. Yeah. I have, I have um, done actually maybe like five um, in the right. in five different trials for different vaccines and, and population. Um, a lot of patients are coming in. Um, Still, now the companies are struggling finding vaccine-naive patients because obviously of the push that we're having for vaccination. 
um, a lot of kids trials. Um, they are coming for vaccines. Uh, obviously with the variants, we we're not sure what works, one of works. We're continuing to doing research on that. Um, what I would just say is not only that, uh, Dan, is that remember that in COVID, we stopped all the trials in two years, right? So all that is coming down again, because we have to work on our Alzheimer patients. Mm -hmm. We have to work in our Parkinson subjects. We have to work in, uh, I have a lot of opioids um, studies uh, for abuse, control abuse, which is post-COVID too, because people you know, wanted to have a way out of the problem, the issues. So now we're having a lot of narcotics uh, suppressants and things of that that are gonna come up. Um, for oncology as well, there's so much going on uh, to try to do testing diagnosis from home because people are not going to the hospitals anymore. They don't want to, they're scared. Mm -hmm. So a lot of things are happening. This is the best moment to be in clinical research, honestly. <laughs> Yes, I agree. I've been saying that every year. I'm saying that since 2019, and it's been true every year. This year is going to be busier than all of the years put together because, like you said, COVID's not over. We need treatments. We need di maybe different kind of vaccines. People have to start questioning whether the mRNA were ready for this technology because there looks to be a lot of deficiencies coming out, a lot of AEs. Something I saw one in 300 AEs, you know, for for from the mrna vaccine so a lot of stuff to consider there but when you go when you go to sites carla uh like give us some juicy stuff right what's juicy stuff. okay uh so let me think about it um i recently was in a meeting for actually with an, the fda um inspector or supervisor who managed all the inspections and when we're going over to all the uh, the biggest findings in the last year. And guys, before I forget, uh, FDA didn't have much inspections used to COVID. They're all coming out now. They're all so, coming out. So right now FDA audit is hot. Yeah, I, have, I had probably in the last maybe two, three months, I had my sites, four or five audits, FDA audits, some of them for, um, uh, for an approval and an AND approval, or some of them due to a cause, but they're coming out. They're are, is it out. mostly COVID or just everything? No, everything. Because remember, we put on hold yeah. for two years, the submissions, all their stuff, and they do need to come out. So everything is coming out. Um, so one of the biggest fundings was PI oversight. Hmm. <clears throat> this is one tip I can give coordinators on CRAs, I always keep up with the um, with the findings that they have to the biggest, to the lowest, because uh, that helps me when I'm doing my, my uh, audits and monitoring. So um, I went to one of the sites, keeping more in mind about the PI oversight. And true, I only saw check marks, uh, the same comment of the PI at the end of the page. Uh, I couldn't see in records really involved uh, uh, in, in with the PI. And um, curiously enough, the PI, uh, you know, will not show up to the visits that I were scheduled with me. He always had an emergency, which, you know, granted, <laughs> PIs have emergencies, you know. But um, now, uh, 
having an emergency every month. <laughs> every day is an emergency. <laughs> so um, I kept digging and I kept digging and it turns out it was a site that was, um, I kept coming back and I will see that I will write something in my report that I couldn't find again. Like I said, there was a late, uh, you know, a late entry that didn't make sense because it doesn't have a correction or a date or an explanation why it was changed. Mm. And then when I will go back and look for that error to see what the, if they added a comment, there was no error anywhere. So the pattern started and we, uh, you know, I started making copies and then I had enough hard evidence to know that they were changing source documents. Um, between CRAs, because this company had the problem that the big CROs have, two or three, four or five CRAs going. CRA they turnover. Couldn't, they couldn't catch up what was happening behind them. Into lag up there. You see the difference? So, so CRA turnover, sites taking advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So um, so I had enough hard evidence. I, I since I started noting that I started scanning documents, uh, nothing confidential, everything you know that they could be able to share with you, um, everything blinded. But I was able to provide this to the client. Um, at the time, they did send out auditors, and everything started happen. Uh, to the time now that the the site itself is shutting down. I mean, all the because the sponsors have the responsibility that wow. they do have a fraudulent site. They have to report it to authorities, FEA and on. So um, the FEA have to share this information with others um, that are working under a 1572. And then, you know, what happens is that all the companies start sending auditors, they find problems, and the site eventually will shut down. So, so what happens there? I mean, if the site shuts down, there's nobody else to answer questions or answer emails. So because of these... Um, the data, it's not valuable anymore for the client because we, there's not really any real, you know, any real reason to have it. However, for record purposes and record keeping, and because I'm assuming they get paid millions of dollars for this data, uh, I'm assuming there will be some legal action that needs to be taken care of and procedure. So they do need to keep these records. So eventually the site has to turn this, the, the documents over to the company and um, so they can do their legal action. And I, I'm truly not sure what it's my involvement in that part because I haven't gotten that far yet. I hope there's nothing to be involving there. Uh, yeah. My reports and the evidence. It just can be your reports, most likely. Exactly. I mean, I, mean yeah. I hope I don't have to go to testify because I, one, I don't have time to, for that. But, <laughs> But yes, it, it, it becomes now very interesting because it really comes out from my from my knowledge of research, not to the legal portion of it and their obligations. Um, I know I was speaking to another friend auditor because my concern was, you know, how in FDA courses and, and things, when you see the guidelines, you, you have to prove that you went over and above to report something that was wrong. Right. And I was like, will the sponsor want to report this? What do I do if they don't report it? Do I stay quiet? Do I call the FDA? Do I, you know, because I didn't know what was my client determination at the end of the day. And they told me, no, you know, don't do that yet. Just wait for them because um, we have to be protected with a contract that I have with my client. So I have a confidential agreement. Now, 
we do have what it call, um, the government has a whistleblower, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't apply to us until um, we see that the sponsor does not want to comply with whatever regulations. I see. So you got to keep evident, like as somebody who owns a CRO, you have to keep your own evidence of communication between you and the sponsor. Exactly. And for the most time, the sponsors are not, you know, yeah. the, the thing you can blame them for maybe is sometimes like a lack of oversight, but not never to cover up fraud. I exactly. mean, it's very rare that they very actually do rare. that, if exactly. ever. So, uh, so they did, it just took time because they did have to get their legal team prep. And let me tell you, small uh, pharmas or small biotechs, they don't have yeah. the big bucks to, to get a, you know, a warrant or, or, or lawyers to do all of this. And it has to be a lawyer that has some type of experience when it comes to research and whatever. <laughs> so uh, it took some time, but they did the due diligence and now decide, I mean, I told you, I went back in and there was no power, no water. And, you know, I had to get everything packed and sent. So you went to the site as yeah. a CRA. There was nobody there. No. So I went to the site because I didn't have no response and we needed to just resolve the issue. I had another site at the, around the same location. So I was okay. like, Please stop by to see, you know, what's going on. So and how'd was, you get in? I didn't get in. Oh. I just thought there was no light. Oh, okay. Because there was there was a little thing, um, nothing working. There was no water. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. So, um, so eventually, I was able to speak to the coordinator. I was like, "I'm I'm here." I left a note. They called me back, and they were like, "No, we're shutting it down. There's no power. You cannot go in." And I'm like, "I, I need my records. So put them in a box and send them out." <laughs> and they so said they will. They did because okay. they don't. They don't. They don't wow. have. I mean, the PI, I don't think it's longer there. Everyone just scattered. Um, wow. No one really responsible for confidential information of the patient. So at this point, um, <clears throat> the sponsor will take the documents, um, not because they want to see the confidential information. They do have a, a way to maintain everything blinded and just for storage purposes. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, if I side or a PI will retire, you know how we have to tell the sponsor, can we destroy it? Can we send it back? So they will keep it as, and they will open it up just for people that will be able to read it. Like they will hire a CRA right, and not right. to look at it. Like archiving. Yeah. Archiving, yes. And they just will keep that until it's time for them to open these boxes. See, this is a more of a reason why the industry, I mean, we switched, my site switched to eSource this year. Oh. So from every new study, it's all eSource. So that's archiving's done in the cloud. Um, you don't even need to go to the site to have access to the records, all that stuff. So that's uh, interesting to hear this, but we're far from this being adopted. I mean, most sites, I would say 90% of sites don't use e-source, they use yeah. paper. Mm -hmm. They like the paper still, but uh, I am not against paper. I just think there is a smarter way to do things. Yeah. Don't work hard, work smart. <laughs> You're the second person tell me that recently. That's something... <laughs> Something in the universe. Uh, I don't know if you can say or not, but was this a vaccine study? Uh, no, actually, it was another trial that we're trying to get an ND approval and we're trying to close down okay. data and things like that. And we so can't. it had nothing to do with COVID? Nothing to do with COVID, but okay. the study is a risk of the amount of data that we're putting on this site. Yeah. So yeah. We're talking about $40 million going in a waste or wow. we have to, wow. to open a site just to get, again, this amount of data that was already paid for. 
<laughs> and for the sites watching, you know, this is like maybe a warning. Like, don't try to start a site to commit fraud or change data. It doesn't end well. Guys. Oh, no, it does not. It does not. It doesn't get pretty. I heard, um, I never heard this before. This was the first time I heard it, but it does make sense. So you know how in FDA, um, everything it's against the investigator or the PI, so they go against their license, that they're not able to do research again and even put some type of, I don't know, suspension in the medical license or yep. whatever it is. Well, when it comes to the legal procedures, um, this particular client or sponsor um, also sue investigator, site manager, and coordinator. So really? Three people now are having to deal with legal actions. You so see? they sued the individual. The individual. Yes. Because it was blatant fraud and they can argue that they were part of it, going exactly. with it and profiting from it somehow. Exactly. Exactly. Wow. So I've never is... heard that before. That was the first time. And I was like, wow, that's an eye opener because it, it is possible. I've seen... Um... I've seen um, uh, CRAs get blacklisted and such, but I, I um, never actually like, I don't know anyone who has. Uh, I know PIs usually are the ones, but this is an uh, interesting, interesting story you bring us. And my client, the reason why I know it's because my client was calling me because he felt bad for the person who was working for him as a staff. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you could feel really bad, but um, once someone knows, it just spreads around. Wow. And it's going to be hard for this person to find a job. Yeah. And they're probably going to have a huge lawsuit, a huge, uh, even if they don't lose the lawsuit, you have to pay for lawyers to defend you. Yep. Yeah, That's yep. like and, 60 and to 100 grand. And the reason why they knew it's because the CRA was looking at the names and recognized the name from the other place. And I do that all the time. Like when I'm looking at the DOA log, I usually know several names on that. So I'm trying to figure out what type of site it is. And I will look through the delegation log and I'm like, hmm, this is weird. So we keep digging and, and that's what the CRA did. So what happened was is that the, PI, the, the, the CRA reported to the supervisor the PI call, uh, the, the sponsor call, and they're like, do you know that you have this person uh, working for your site? Wow. And while, once that comes out, it's it's just, it's spread out, you know, and they were calling me to, to look at guidance and, and how do we um, how do we talk to the client? And I'm like, the only way you can talk to the client is tell them this is the, the recommendations that we had and we're no longer working wow. with the person because they're not going to. And what makes this even worse, it's a phase, it's phase one, right? This was this phase one? No, this one was a phase two. Oh, okay, okay. Because in phase one, I was gonna say, and that's your area of expertise primarily. Yeah, no, I have never seen that in phase one. It's always in lay phases. Yeah, because phase one is only data from one source. So if that site is the only site and now the data is worthless, that phase one study is completely worthless. And we're talking about millions of dollars in investment, so yeah, at least. No, <laughs> okay. no, no, no. The um the ones that I have seen always are Freddy phase two, three, and phase two and three, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then um it, it's just hard. And then uh, the other thing that I I I 
maybe I, I changed the perception of my client, but it was, remember, you are doing what you do in your side. The sponsor is trusting you to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not there 24-7 to see your patients. They're not sending anyone to see if the patients are real. They're just relying on you to do your job, look at your paperwork. So if you have a person that they cannot trust, what makes anything else be trusted or work to be trusted? So it was like, you know, you're right. (laughs) So unfortunately, yes, the reputation is something that you got to keep up with. And it's an important topic to talk about. It's not just, I know Miami has a reputation for this, but it's not just Miami, guys. It's, we've hear stories like this everywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, Carla. Well, what? as we end right now, thank you for your time. Phase one studies, healthy volunteer. Okay, what makes them so difficult to monitor? It's not difficult to monitor. Um, I just think the speed that you got to go with, it's, it's, it's not what you are used to doing in phase two or phase three. And the things that you got to look out is now um, making sure that your time points aligned. Uh, for example, if we want to have PK samples within five minutes of taking a drug, um, how did the site plan this out? You know, what are the blood draws in between patients? Do you have enough staff to run this? What about someone it's doing a run and um, it's going to be laying everyone else? So all these little details you really need to know about because if you go blind, the, the, whatever they tell you, you will buy. But um, it's not like that. You have to kind of have your common sense and see. And once you've seen it done the first time, you're like, oh, okay, that's what it reflects a paper. Um, It takes a lot of staff involvement, not necessarily with research experience, with more um, doing um, ECGs and blood draws experience. But they do need to understand Mm. the importance of what they're doing. Because (laughs) for a phlebotomist, he's not going to care if the patient had a breakfast or not. In yeah. the meantime, we're looking at data uh, that it affects after you had a high fat breakfast, uh, calorie breakfast for FDA purposes. It's a fed fat study. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they're not going to care. They don't know. You are the one who knows. So you need to tell them why. What do you think? Last question, I promise. Everybody go connect with Carla right now. LinkedIn. If you're on YouTube, click on the link. First link under the video. If you're listening, thank you. Go click on the first link in the show note. That's Carla. You got to connect. You have to connect with her. Um, what do you feel as a CRA about phase one sites? Uh, when the, You know how there's a lot of timelines and you have to be strict with the timelines? When the site preprints the timelines. So they on the source, they preprint, but then there's a checkbox that says, okay, it went through or it didn't go through. Like, what is your take on this? Is this appropriate or not? It is, it's not wrong. It is the way that the site likes to work, okay. but I just sometimes challenge the, the system. So for example, if, if the same example of a chromatomist, they don't, I mean, they don't know better. They're not gonna be checking the time. They're just gonna put the check mark. So this is the type of questions that I ask. How did you train this person? How do you know if it's better to, for them to write the number? What about if they're watching their, their Apple watch and not the watch that you have you know put atomic on atomic yeah yeah so how do you do that um so when i challenge sometimes it triggers and it's like you know what you're right <laughs> and and it will help um you know have them write in town and and one of the things that 
really, really, really make me uncomfortable is when I see no findings. I mean, there's not perfect study. <laughs> no, see, guys, this is why you need Carla not to give her more work, but like <laughs> this is why companies are starting to move towards niche, smaller, small is the new big. I keep saying that, and 2022 is no difference, especially with all the amount of work. Do you think this year is going to continue to be busy or it's eventually oh, yes. going to slow down? No, I don't see it slow down at least for another two, three years. I, I see this for a five-year good run um, because we have so many things backed up in the pipelines when COVID hit and all of that needs to come out. I mean, it's wow. investment that is stopped. Guys, Carla, she could be your mentor. She could be your friend. Uh, Go connect on LinkedIn. Thank you, Carla. Anything else? Casey, you have anything? Casey, not a question. Casey. I know. Casey's over there (laughs) nodding her head. I already know she's nodding her head. I was nodding my head the whole time. But (laughs) it was awesome to hear what you had to say and everything. And I do agree. Um, My one thing, being a study coordinator for 10 years, is I always say research isn't rocket science. You know, they give you a protocol. The protocol tells you what needs to be done, when it needs to be done, how it needs to be done. And in research, if it's not written down, it didn't happen. So I've never had a problem with a monitor, honestly, in my 10 years, because I go into this knowing that we're all on the same team. We are, we've all got the same end goal, and that is to collect good data. Um, no data is better than bad data. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and I just say, you know, like Dan always jokes, cause we, you know, we did do an audit and, um, with my background, things that were wrong stood out like sore thumbs. I'm like, wait a minute. Why is this? Why is this? You know? And, um, sites just need to stop being on the lazy side and they just need to document and do their job. I mean, it's not hard. <laughs> or on the contrary, Casey, uh, have coordinators over work. Because I I mean, the last time I spoke to one of my coordinators, I have like 31 studies. And I'm like, I don't believe you. You want 31 <laughs> studies. It's going to wow. be hard for people to believe. That is definitely, that's too much. Studies. That's just too much for one person to handle. And that right. would be the site, the PI. In, you know, because the PI is the one that ultimately has the say. Um, I, being a study coordinator, I wouldn't take no more than three studies on myself because I know if I took anything more than that it's not going to get my full attention and so it's not going to be done up to my standards and site managers Um, PIs need to understand that it's not that they don't want to work they just want to do it well and they're protecting you (laughs) and we're not super him as super women you're superhuman you know I mean we could only do as much as we can physically possibly do um and yeah 31 studies a lot of it's from the unrealistic expectations from the owners this is why it's good that I'm a I'm a site owner but I'm a like coordinator myself everyone I hire is gonna stem from me like I have three studies right now and I'm thinking okay if I get a fourth I need to hire somebody else I'm already at that stage and this is me doing the coordinating so I know that you know but then you have some site owners site directors PIs that have never been a coordinator and as if they don't see a patient visit for that coordinator or a lot of patient visits it's kind of like they on site for CROs like they think there's nothing going on. Well, what if they're answering queries? What if they're 
pre-screening, what if they're fixing regulatory stuff, like all that stuff as part of the study too. It's not just patient exactly. visits. Exactly. And Casey, you know, we had partners in the past that didn't do that and they didn't understand, you know, yeah. outside of yes. patient visits, what's yeah. happening. So you need people like Casey, Carla. Well, uh, and that's the thing. There's so much more. You've got the budgets, you've got the contracts, yeah. you've got the regulatory, you've got, like Dan said, the queries, you've got the safety reports that need to be looked at immediately when they come in. Um, there's just so much to it. And Carla, it's funny because I'm actually a phlebotomist too. So I go. did everything from the time they stepped into the office until the time they left. And then yeah. once they left, I still had a job to do because I was processing the blood and I was shipping the blood out. And um, and honestly, in my experience, I wouldn't have had it any other way. Um, I like the small type of mom and pop businesses because I feel if there's too many hands in the pot, it tends to spoil yeah. the meal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's how I learned too. I, I went through each of the positions and I understood, okay, this is why we do this, this is why we do that. And and that's what helps me and helps me advise other people that are doing it now. Because I'm like exactly because this makes exactly. sense. <laughs> so let's get yeah, you and cool. Javier on the Latinas and Clunker research. Say hi to him, please. Uh he was a really good interview in person. Uh and we gotta eventually meet in person too, me and you, Carla. We haven't met, yeah, but for sure. Um Let's get you on Latino in the Clinical Research one of these months. I'm going to send an email out and uh, let's get you guys on. I, I got it down on my story. note to look it up. Thank you, Casey. <laughs> I'm going I'm to go find you on LinkedIn, Carla. For sure, for sure. Everybody I'm needs sure. to. Everybody <laughs> needs to. This is like one of researchers' best kept secrets right here, Carla. <laughs> and we're trying to get her out there. Like, come on. And she doesn't even need to get out there, but she's got plenty of work. But I, we need to get her out there. More people need to know about her. So thank you, Carl. I appreciate it. Thank you, Casey. And thank you, everybody, for watching, you, listening. Guys. Catch you all later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.